0: 5. Acts 8, chapter chapter 8, verse 5. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. And we trust the Lord will bless this portion of his precious truth. Well, if we were to prayer, Pray, Lord, we, at this time, Lord, we just continue to pray for your word here tonight. God, that you'll give help. And Lord, we just continue to pray for a consciousness of thy presence amongst us. Continue to touch each one of our hearts. Oh, God, Lord, we're thinking about that revival that was in Samaria. And that joy that was in that city. And oh, God, how we need it, Lord. And we need it in this town. We need it in every town and village and city across this, this land. And, O oh, God, we long, Lord, for thee, Lord, to turn the tide, for thee, Lord, to, to rend the heavens and come down. And, O oh, God, we just cry, Lord, give help, Lord. Touch our hearts and revive us. I need revived. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> I've entitled this message What Great Joy that came to the people of Samaria. We see here a thrilling account of God moving and mighty revival. And you know this revival it was born out of great sorrow. We see in verse and verse two of the chapter we read in and chapter eight, we see here devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. There was great great sorrow in the city of Jerusalem because one of the greatest preachers was taken to heaven, was stoned to death. One of the greatest workers of the church was martyred. And surely in Jerusalem there was, a, there was a, a real stunning as it were among the people of God concerning what happened, Stephen. This man that was full of the Holy Ghost and full of power and was such mightily used of God. And we see here about this revival in Samaria. And I sent that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the words of the Savior was that about the gospel, about it going forward to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. And you know, as, these, as they were in Jerusalem, it was, a, it was, it were, a comfort zone. But you know, through the death of Stephen, they were taken out of the, of the comfort zone And the word of God was was spreading out. We read that they went everywhere. Verse 4. They went everywhere preaching the word. Things were happening. Believers were getting into a new place with God. They were reaching out to new areas that hadn't been reached before. As the gospel was being preached, it was it was having wide-ranging and long-lasting effects. There was here, we can see here, there was a pressing on. There was a going forward. And there was, there was, there was great joy. You know, each one of us, whenever we got saved, we can look back and we can say, that was the greatest day of our, of our life. I can remember on 19th of March, 1985, do you know, it was in a caravan, and my wife was beside me. And that caravan, we accepted Jesus into our hearts and into our lives. You know, I can tell you there was a a burden was lifted. There was a burden lifted off my shoulders and I became a new creature in Christ. I can look back today and I can say that was the happiest day of my life. Hallelujah. You know, that day, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah, though your sins be a scarlet, the ship of white as snow. Though the bread like crimson, there be as wood. Well. It says "And Micah about our sins into the depths of the sea. I know it says in Isaiah 43 and verse 25, and this, this is, it's hard to understand this. I say, the Lord says, I will remember your sins no more. They're blotted out by the precious blood Amen. of the Lamb. And God, God can't even remember them. So many things God has created, created everything, and yet he can't remember our sins. And you were new creatures in Christ. We're everything. You know, with an inheritance, it's incredible. And fadeth not away. I know there was joy. I know each one of us will have a joy in our hearts. I'll tell you a story. (coughs) Last Saturday, I I come home from November and, uh, and our front fields is we usually keep the cows and halfers that's gonna have a wee baby calf. We keep them in the in the front fields. And it's usually this time of the time of the year would calve a good number of the cows and halfers. There are a lot a good number of them calve this time of the year. So the numbers is always changing the changing something like last month there was nearly a cow or a half were calved every day. So the numbers is changing all the time. But last Saturday I came home from the open air and we're always continually counting the cows that's in the field just in case there's one that has decided to go somewhere and have a wee baby calf. You know, sometimes they just go to the corner of the field or that, you know, and it all happens. <laughs> so, but I come home on, on Saturday and there should have been 10 there. And I looked through the front window, and I, there was only nine, and I counted them, and I counted them. Well, I said to myself, I'm going to have to go up here and see where the tenth one is. So I got in the jeep and went up the fields and drove round the fields, and I could find no. It was a half actually was missing. She was about to have a calf, and we drove round the fields. There was no no sign of her. Now our finances were pretty good, you know, they were reasonable. So, they, um, I come home, and uh, I said to Cotton, I've been I've been looking for a half of the missing, and I can't find her. And I says, could you go and look for her? And he says if you can't find her, you must go and try and see if you can not find her. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was fine. So I went away and done all the shores and Colin, he come back about an hour later. He says I went well, round the fields I could find find nothing. There's a particular hill would go up and you can see all the fields round about and uh, to see was she there and she wasn't there so that was fine uh, I started to look I left calm at home and I started going around the fields and up the roads and all and asked neighbors different neighbors to see her that was all right but it was getting dark and it was dark so I had to stop had well, to sort of just call it a day, so that was fine. Sunday morning come, and we were a wee bit anxious to find her because we knew that she'd been out and or calved or, you know, was just to see that everything was all right. So Sunday morning came, and we sort of investigated where she got out. So she jumped over the hedge. We seen where she jumped over the hedge, and out onto the road. But the problem was, she was just a few meters from a crossroads. So you know, whenever you reach a crossroads, you can go four ways, and they can travel quite fast. And they, um, and then the other problem was, we well, had a car skipped uh, a number of years ago, and. She was sort of the same situation, and she ended up she calved in a fallow's garden. So they um, were sort of, you know, on, on Sunday morning, I was were sort of going around fields. First, th- first thing we done was around all the fields where everybody had stock. So we're seeing that there was no stock. It wasn't in among anybody else's stocks, so we knew that she was on her own somewhere. But you know, you we were sort of going past, our area is a sort of an area where there's, it's fairly built up and there's a lot of gardens. There's one fella and he spent over 100,000 pounds £100, in his garden. And he's a gardener, he has a gardener, comes in every every uh, week, spends full day every week at it. So I was sort of going past everybody's garden and a sort of licking. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be nosy, but <laughs> I was just glad to see, was there a cow there? <laughs> so the, um, and then it come to about 20 to 11, and I, I said to myself, it's time I was 10 back home, and I went back home and told Carl, you may go on to church because I says, I need to find this heifer. So I continued looking for the heifer, and we just looked everywhere where it was possible where she could be, and then um, at a while, saying, um, I went up to the top of this particular hill, and I could see in the distance there's a there's a there's, a, there's a sort of a forest, a wee small forest, and the um, I could see. The, the heifer that was lost, and the wee calf was beside her. And uh, I can say, I rejoiced. <laughs> 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 it was joy unspeakable. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, so the, the 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 heifer and the calf was all well, and everything was everything it was uh, everything ended up. It was happy end. So that was, that was my joy last, last, last Sunday. But you know, the joy we have is much more. You know, we're in Christ, and he's everything. And he's everything in each one of our lives. But we see here, these were tremendous days in the days of Acts. And they went everywhere preaching the word and reaching out. But I was thinking about Jerusalem, just Jerusalem for a moment. There come a time that God as it were passed by Jerusalem. You know that they had their time of harvest. But we read about what the far says and the priests and all had done to Stephen and you know it now was more time now for the Lord bring his presence as it were out of Jerusalem and into Samaria and out more out into the into the world. And that the, the gospel was being preached throughout the world. And you know, I remembered, uh, he used to be a preacher in Northern Ireland, Sammy Wokman. He used to do a lot of missions around Northern Ireland. And I remember him saying that he used to be in the faith mission. And he was, uh, he was down in the south of Ireland. And he was missioning whenever he was young. And uh, he was missioning down the south of Ireland. And he was staying with this particular farmer. And he was a cereal farmer. And he had a big lot of cereals in. And it was about this time of the year. And he hadn't got a lot of his crop cut because the weather was very bad. And I remember somebody saying that as he was staying with him at that particular year, and he would have got, he would have got out of bed and he went to the window and he would have said to his wife, Mary, he says, rain again. Rain again. And you know, every time there was a sort of a a time whenever the ground was dry enough to get the combine into the fields and they would try to harvest and salvage what they could. But then, you know, time was passing on and there was about 30 acres of ground they weren't able to get harvested and they couldn't get the grain off it because it was so wet. But it come then into December and the dry weather started to come and it started to dry up around the gaps and we were able to get into the fields but you know sammy said he said it was too late because he said the grain whenever the farmer went into the fields the grain had come off the heads of the grains of the grain and he said the harvest was past. I know there's a harvest. I know as there's there's a harvest out in the fields and the physical sense, you know there's a a harvest in the spiritual. You know, we need to, for those that are not saved, you know there's a spiritual harvest. Remember, there was this lady and she was giving out gospel tracks, and she gave gospel tracks out to a number of young people this particular day. And as she was giving out the gospel tracks, and there was one of the fellows, she said <coughs> these words. To, she says, "I feel like giving you this particular track." And the title of the track was "Your Last Chance." And the next day, that particular young fellow was killed in an accident. And whenever the relatives was going through his clothes, they found the track crumbled up in his pocket. Your last chance. You know what, and we are here today, and we're thinking of the multitudes across this island. And they're not saved, and they could go into eternity at any moment. At any moment, the um, we see here Philip. What did Philip do? He preached Christ. Christ is always the answer. New life in Christ. There was a, the, the opportunity is open to go into all the world and there was an opportunity for Philip. And you know Philip he was he was sent of God and you know was I was thinking about the pastor and his wife been sent by God into Melhinch. And I believe many of us here tonight. You know, we've been sent here. The Lord has led us here as a band of God's people. And I believe we're, 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 we're here and God's called us here to pray. And I believe God has called each one of us here to pray for our nation, for a mighty revival, for a night of God's Holy Spirit. I believe that. And we see here the boldness of Philip. He was he was an earthen vessel, but the power of the Holy Spirit upon him, and Christ was the heartbeat of his preaching. A joy that is flowing, a spring flowing, and a spring that's springing up into everlasting life. And I believe, as as Philip was preaching, that the power of God was flowing in a mighty way. And multitudes was wonderfully saved. The joy of the Lord is our strength. True joy comes from the preaching of the word the Lord gives us joy, great joy in our hearts. Therefore, with joy, shall ye draw waters out of the wells of salvation. And then we'll read about the psalmist 51. and Psalm 51, the psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, I was meditating upon that. There's so many has lost the joy. There's so many has lost the joy of God's salvation. And you know, we we need to pray for them. Those that are under the attack of the enemy. Joy to be in Christ redeemed, sins forgiven. Though as far as the east is from the west, so far have they removed our sins from us. Hallelujah. We see here, Philip, he went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. And the result of his preaching that there was great joy in the city. And he had very remarkable success. He scarcely opened his mouth and many received Christ. And we can ask the question, why? We can ask the question, why? Why? And I ask that question, why many receive Christ? And I believe we can go back to John's Gospel, chapter 4, and the woman at the well. And remember, the Savior come to the well and spoke to the woman at Sagar's way. Well. And I believe that this woman done a mighty work. I believe we read in that passage that she went she went into the city and she told the men of that city how great things the Lord had done for her. You know, read also in that passage that, you know, she said to the Savior, she says, you know, the Jews don't have any dealings to do with the Samaritans. Philip was a Jew. But, you know, I believe this woman, she prepared the ground in prayer. And I believe she got many behind her in the place of prayer. And then as the ground was well prepared, whenever Philip came and preached the preached preached the word, many were saved. You know there's some sow and there's some reap. And I believe this woman of Samaria, she was a sower. She was a sower. And I believe she'd done a mighty work in that whole city of Samaria and sowing the seed. And she sowed it. And then, whenever Philip came, there was a great harvest. You know, we're here tonight. I know we're sowing the seed. And we're sowing the seed in prayer, and you know we are believing on a mighty harvest. We are believing that there'll be great joy, and and in this town, Ballinlange, that there'll be great joy, in Kilduff, that there'll be great joy, in, in Nisborn and all the towns and villages around us. And you know we are we are looking for that real heaven and revival. We are looking for that real supernatural touch from God. Yes. Oh, that the fear of God would grip the hearts of men and women and young people. And oh, that they would see their great need of salvation. Do we, we, we are here tonight and we can say we're, we're in the intensive care unit. It says in Judges, every man did that which was right. In his own eyes, are we not living in them days that everybody is doing that which is right in their own and la- <clears throat> their own eyes? Can we not say tonight the foundations is destroyed? We need to see the things. And the neither they are, but we need a mighty interv- intervention of God. We need God to work. You know the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But you know we need we need to get a new vision. We need a storm. And oh, that would, that would, that would see God move on mm-hmm. a supernatural and a mighty way. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.